I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Holy monkey, it's Hex, but I'm Doug. Hi, I'm Jonathan from Wicked Anime. And this is a Nerdy Show Microsoft. That's where we talk about what you want us to talk about for 15 minutes or more. And in this case, well, it's more, friends. Because every other week that Nerdy Show isn't talking about the latest happenings in the nerd world, we're doing something weird. And that weird thing could be a Microsoft like it is today. It could be an interview or it could be some kind of special programming. In this case, well, two fans have bound together for their love of one thing to give us a 30-minute Microsoft. And then we're going to be talking even more because Hex... Hi. Hex. I'm Hex. Who hasn't been with us in quite some time quite, here on Nerdy Show. Quite some time. I can give a full report. He's, it's actually relevant. Yeah, it's it's totally relevant. That's that's why you're here. Funny that. <laughs> what a coincidence. He was just stopping by and said, well, you're recording a microphone on board games? Why, I just happened to have topical conversation to end that. that that's yeah. a, I didn't think you'd be recording me when I said that. <laughs> Spot so, on Hex. <laughs> Today our microsode is board games and it's requested by Jacob Neese and then Direwolf came in and said, "Hey, I like the sound of your topic, Jacob Neese. I would like to double down on that." Ah, uh, yeah. And so a little 15-minute microsode grew into a 30-minute microsode. Jacob Neese, his original pitch was this. "I'm curious about what you guys think about board games. I don't think I've ever heard them mentioned by you." So He'd like us to talk about our favorite board games, and then he also gives shout-outs to some of his favorites. But before we get into Jacob's shout-outs, let's go to what Direwolf said when he expanded on the topic. He said, I love tabletop gaming. Not only are you all masters of the medium, which uh, since Jacob mentioned how seldom never we mention board games, clearly Direwolf is talking about our prowess in the tabletop RPG audio drama Correct. category. Yes. Go to nerdyshow.com slash theater to check those out. <laughs> he also noted that we've already done a microsode on tabletop RPGs, which we did back in 2012. So I'd love to hear about your tabletop games that you guys enjoy outside of RPGs. There's a little bit of this touched on in your Breaking Games episode, which came out in 2014, um, in regards to Magic the Gathering, but perhaps there are other games. I love that Direwolf is so well-versed in our episodes. I think yes. that's really cool. Yes. Um, so let's do it. Let's once and for all give our feels on the games of board and reveal what games we have in I'm our board. I'm honestly a little intimidated by Direwolf at this point. Because <laughs> he's a, like, a Direwolf? I'm, afra I'm afraid that I'm going to say something that he's going to consider outside of Hex Cannon. Oh, you're going to break continuity. <laughs> or, or, or it's like, you already talked about that in episode whatever. It's like, <laughs> like oh, God, I did. <laughs> I like you, Direwolf. <laughs> so, and that's now canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
before we open up our own gaming closets, here's Jacob Neese's <laughs> recommendations on, on his favorite games. So, some of his favorite games with shorter playtimes are Ooh. Seven Wonders, nice. Forbidden Island, mm. The Resistance, nice. and Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skullfire. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Or Skull's Fire. This is what it actually is. Um, for medium games, he recommends Betrayal at the House on the Hill, mm-hmm. second edition. Yes. Okay. Any of the D&D board games. Right. And Settlers, of course. For long haul but fantastic games, he recommends the Game of Thrones board game, also the second edition. <laughs> Perfect if you don't like friends. <laughs> you will lose them all playing this game. Because you kill and... them all. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, you win or you die. Isn't that the, uh, the I mean, whole? That's, yeah. that's kinda, when yeah. you play Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Yeah, that's that, yeah. That's it. It's like Don't was on the electric fence. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Now, that's a good game. There's no board involved, but um, if you're bored, you might play that game. Yeah. <laughs> if you're real, real, live in Yukon Territory board. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, the Battlestar Galactica board game. Oh, wow. Which is a long game. That's one of the uh, of the two long games he mentioned. That's the one I've played. Man, he's really into conflict games. He would, he would, <laughs> he would love some Screech Dragon games because uh, our unofficial motto is uh, a great way to have fun and lose friends. Well, wow, okay, scary motto, um, <laughs> highlighting perhaps the worst aspect of board games. <laughs> not, um, not, I didn't but, hear a lot of old school games in there. Um, like he's talking about true. like long games. I was like, uh, Risk? <laughs> Any Monopoly? Well, <laughs> I mean, um, but, anyone here like Parcheesi? But, but hold on, we missed an important point, Hex. You mentioned Screech Dragon Games. That's part of the new poop on Hex. Hashtag poop on hex. Uh, <laughs> you lost me on that one. The per- tons the- of new shit is what you were saying. Oh, right, 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 Screech right. Screech Dragon Games is a game studio you co-founded with Matt Nicholson, right. aka for Nerdy Show listeners, the guy who does the artwork for our Ghostbusters role-playing equipment cards and the episode art for Ghostbusters Resurrection, the Ghostbusters show hosted by Doug. Hooray! That's I'm here too. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Screech Dragon Studios, Screech Dragon Games. That's what we do, and uh, we're we're not here to talk about that quite yet. Let's talk about actual published games first. Sure, sure. Well, we haven't even we haven't even begun. I haven't even started the clock. This is just the introduction. Oh, okay, cool. A- and Jacob mentioned a special consideration for Cryptozoic's Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skullsfire, which is a very exciting game. I've never played, but I've seen and want to play someday. This is maybe the biggest game Cryptozoic has done that's not an IP-related game. Like, Cryptozoic yes. yeah, are yeah, known yeah. for the the two Ghostbusters tabletop games. Yeah, it's it's interesting because most of Cryptozoic stuff is based on previously existing Licensed. IP. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's the biggest one that is original. And it's it's got a really cool mechanic. You're doing battles as a wizard, and you actually combine three cards to create one spell. So you would throw down three cards in a row. It has interlocking art, even though they're completely different. It's like one of those things where it's like, oh well, okay. It's, so it's you're playing, you're a baby, right? And you're playing with a thing. And it's a picture of a cow, and you twiddle the cow around. Oh, it's got a lizard abdomen and a horse bottom. <laughs> you know, like that. It's like and it that. It could be it could be spells. frozen fireball of the void. Or like the first one would be frozen. The second right. one would be fire. fireball. And then and of the void. Of the void. Or yeah. in an, I, I did copy down an example. Bleemax, Brainiac's delicious nuclear meltdown. That's, yep. That's more in the, the, the theme of this game. And it has great art by Nick Edwards, whose work you might be kind of familiar because he's been on the art and animation departments of Steven Universe and Uncle Grandpa. And has actually written for both Uncle Grandpa and Over the Garden Wall. Nice. So a cool game is... Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skull's Fire. And uh, speaking of, we'll actually be linking to all the games mentioned here so you can buy them via Amazon and also um, in turn help fund Nerdy Show. Hooray! 
now that uh, all that is over, the clock is started. Let's talk about board games. So I think it's interesting that you brought up older games, Doug, because yeah. most of them do suck. What? What? And now, huh? keep in mind, like, I'm sitting here, I own a copy of Fireball Island. Damn straight. Yeah. And Key to the Kingdom. Well, those, I haven't played Key to the Kingdom, but Fireball Island definitely is like, not a lot of skill is involved. It's a roll and move game. Yeah, yeah. It has zero skill. Yeah. But Key to the Kingdom, but much also charm. a roll and skill. Yeah, I mean, but for those that don't Tornado know. Tornado Rex, yeah, perhaps? Oh, man, Tornado <laughs> Rex. Let's, so, let's describe Fireball Island, the, so, the biggest, baddest board game of the 1990s. Uh, actually, 1980s. It's really? late 80s is when it came oh. out. It's built on molded plastic to look like an actual topographical representation of an island with placing for little red marbles that represent fireballs. Now, as we mentioned, it's a roll and move, so you roll a single dice. If you roll a two through six, you move forward, trying to get to the center of the island where there's the gem, which is the goal. You get the gem, and then you go the other way to the island. to get First of the boat wins. However, if you roll a one... That unleashes fireball hell. You roll down a marble, and if anyone gets touched by the marble... There's a big demon head that's a volcano, right? and then you put a marble in there, and you get to just destroy... Well, there's also marbles all over the island. That's true, yeah. uh, So you don't... Like, you have to always roll a marble so that it'll hit someone, even if it means hurting yourself. That is in the rules. Mm. But there's no skill in it. It's actually quite a boring game. Hmm. Especially... (laughs) At the very end, where there's, it's called Fireball Hell. Because once you have the gem, if someone passes you, they get the gem. So at the very end, you're all in a row at the very end of the game, hopping one another, hoping that you are the first one to get to the boat before someone hops over you, right. and none of you get hit by a fireball. Sounds like Deadly Shoots and Ladders. Yeah, basically. Deadly Candyland. <laughs> yeah. We should just make a game called Deadly Candy Land. <laughs> Are there any spoof board games like that? Like they just make like just totally rip on it? Not of Candyland particularly, but just There is a board game called This Game Was Not Play Tested. Oh, I, I play that all the time. For like five minutes and then it's over. <laughs> Please explain. The game is actually called We Didn't Play Test This At All. There's ten expansion packs to it. That's like we didn't play test this even further. We didn't play t- test this one either. And then there's one that's just the original box uh, of we didn't play test this at all, but they put a random sticker on the box. So you could get like a smiley face sticker or a cool sticker or something like that. And um, every card in the deck either has some sort of point value or an item that you have. Like one of the cards is you have a dinosaur. Nobody else has a dinosaur, but you totally have a dinosaur. And then there's another one that's like, you have five points now, but now the game is 30 points to win. <laughs> and there's no rule book or anything like that. So you just throw down cards until somebody gets the bomb card and dies and then you win the game. It's a really weird it's, game. It is. It's, it's literally just throwing cards down until the game, until one of the cards declares that the game is over. It's That is a pure game of, of chaos, of and no... Chance. Yeah. Just pure chance. Okay. And Which I've literally never played a game longer than five minutes. Like, that's probably the <laughs> longest game that I've played. Well, then, so the, so but on, on your note of like, oh, well, there's older games just kind of suck, but like, Monopoly had strategy. I didn't, I'm not saying it didn't suck. I'm just yes, saying it, it, it has, it has saying, strategy. There's I'm skill say, involved. No, no, no. I'm not saying that old games suck because they have no strategy. I'm not saying that. I'm not putting out this because Clue had strategy. Mm-hmm. Like that, you can, that one's one of my favorites all time. Right. I, I have a bad history with that, mainly because no one in my house would fit, play with me. Because you'd yeah. always win? Yeah. 
I lived okay. with a bunch of people that love Scrabble, and I'm like, I'm not playing Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> no, Scrabble. But Scrabble, Scrabble is a board game. It is a good board game, and it's a solid More board like game. a I'm board game. Oh, snap. <laughs> it's more along the lines of they suck now in comparison to what has been created since then, in my opinion. Like, mm. there's been well, so much growth. Like, they, all the game designers yeah. now stand on the shoulders of giants and are able to make the life killer, the clue yeah. killer, or whatever. Is what is kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I know. I see, I can see that point. This, well, it's the same way you know, video games had the same leap ahead. You know, true, but there's still like a classical element. And I was just thinking about this. Like, could there be a contemporary version of Fan Gamer for the board gaming community? Like, could there be this whole nostalgia love of older games? I'm sitting there like, I don't know. You're not yeah. going to have that same kind of passion yeah. for Clue or Sorry yeah. as people have for Chrono Trigger true but it's also like back then like it got to the point where video games people were trying to make it an art form yeah meanwhile board games didn't try people weren't trying to make board games an art form until very recently yeah no it's true like a lot of because i remember like uh, i used to play board games a lot with my grandfather and some of our favorite ones looking back on it was a lot of fun but i have a feeling if i were to play them now it would just be like rolling the dice, moving the thing, and you, yes. you, you just see some board game executive like, eh, you know, you fucking had a party, and you know, you roll the dice, you move talk, everyone has a good time. You know, it's like it's not really like I remember one was a uh, regatta. Hey, you ever hear of regatta? No, no, that, that is a yacht racing game. <laughs> <laughs> Where you you have a yacht. This shows you the time period. Is it everyone? Everyone's got a yacht. You know, you move the yacht around. You gotta go around thinking. You got you go around the cones. You know, and uh, it's a beautiful game. It's a beautiful board. It's had it had great art. Was really the only thing. It had a great box art. It had a great art on, on the board. None of them was a uh, broadside, where you're on these like uh, colonials, like colonial era. It's like you know Ooh. old New England style, like these giant ships. It was like a you had all the cool games. Yeah, it was like Revolutionary War kind of thing. Like all this art, awesome artwork, and the idea is you just pull the red and blue ships, and you have to go broadside, and you do your roll the dice, and you see if you can attack the other thing, or whatever. And it was a lot of fun. Battleship. My grandfather was in the Navy. I think you could tell by now, based on the type of games we were playing. Right. <laughs> so, like, you know, but like and Clue and everything else. So it's like I have a lot of fond memories of those. But yeah, even looking back, they weren't complicated and the, the most skillful game we ever played was probably clue well it's it's also because back in the day a big part of of the games were that they needed that mass market appeal yeah for you to get any interaction with it yeah like you might there might be someone who goes here's broadside this yeah. really very niche and fun game that requires more skill to it I've never heard of it. Yeah. I wish I had. You got, you got. Look, there's like vintage <laughs> box art websites, and I'm like, oh man, I remember that game. It's like, but I'm just a weirdo, I guess. But yeah, what do you, uh, Cap and John? What do you guys think of uh, old school? Old how, school. how old school do you go? How far back? What's the oldest board game, or what's one that you grew up playing? Ooh, um, I am. I'm actually recording this in a place where I keep all my old board games at the at this very moment. And I'm like looking at my shelves of all the games that I played when I was like three and four years old. Like we had this electronic version of Whack-A-Mole. Uh, how about the game Grape Escape or Goofy Golf oh, Machine? Oh, Grape Escape. Yeah, Goofy Golf. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Goofy yeah. Golf. Is that really is that really a board game? You know, I'm not really sure. I mean, you, it, you do have a board and like you have you have like a little thing to shoot the golf ball into the mechanisms it's kind of like um mousetrap in it a way it falls into the category of what we call now dexterity games kind of mm. like jenga mm -hmm. is a quote-unquote board game yeah but it's There's no board but yeah no i see what you're saying it's like it's, it's a tabletop experience right but yeah no that's as old as i go um but probably my biggest one during that time was something like trivial pursuit no nah, whoa man. whoa guys guys 
look who's here. Look who's here with us now. What? It's it's Colin. Oh no. Oh God, not Hex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the voice already. The voice. First thing he says. <sighs> Colin, <sighs> oldest board game experience. Go. Like oldest that I've ever played, and that like I was the youngest. Oldest, Going, yeah. Like, like when you were like when you were a kid. Earliest memory of a yeah. Board like game. when you were a kid. What was like some early board games that you remember <clears throat> playing? And in bonus points, if it's like really old that no one even has ever even heard of it. Well, I mean, I mean, there's the classics. I mean, they're probably like checkers or something like that. But but uh, keeping it real checkers. Yeah, <laughs> I, honestly, I think the I think the first like board game that I played was Stratego. Yeah. Yeah, man. It doesn't and hold it up too like, well, but it's a good game when you're a kid. Yeah. And it, I played it back when they didn't have the like plastic things. I had like they were wood blocks. It was did they, I, was it wood blocks? Well, I mm. did I did like the red and blue plastic they they used because it reminded me a lot of the uh, Octoroks in NES Zelda. It's the same intense red and intense yes. primary blue. So yep. That was that was a, a early mental connection. <laughs> I recently heard this uh, podcast of these two guys who they run a panel at PAX every year and uh, they've actually solved board games. Like that's one of their things that they do. And Stratego is a solved board game to the point where the two of them can play, set up their boards, turn them around to show each other and decide who's going to win the game. Hmm. Oh boy. A real Rubik's Cube scenario. Oh that's no, cool. I'm sorry. I was thinking about Risk. I, I had a, a version of Risk with just the wood blocks. Oh, Risk is the greatest. Oh, um, and uh, Yeah, hmm. woodblock. Ye old woodblock Risk. <laughs> But yeah, no, Stratego was that was the, that was the shit. Woodblock risk is impressive. I'm just like I'm just waiting for one of you guys to have an answer that's like I'm talking my version of Battleship was like 1967 sexist cover art with the two nah, guys playing nice. it and the two women in the kitchen in the back being like, oh, those silly boys. Like that old, like old school. <laughs> That's for real? That that was their cover? Yeah, it was the yeah, cover of the, the, on the board for Battleship. If you look up old Battleship sexist art or whatever, it's like a young boy and his dad playing Battleship and the dad's like got his hand on his head like, oh, you sunk my Battleship. And in the background, there's the mom in the kitchen at the sink and like the daughter is on like a footstool helping wash dishes. <laughs> That's watching so them unnecessary. Play I know, I know. It was so <laughs> unnecessary. You could have just had like, you know, them... Whatever, but but I'm talking like that old school, like so old school. Sexism was still like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. yeah, so it could have been in the '90s, yeah. is what you're saying. Eh, well, yeah. you know, I mean, or, or you could just be like chess, <laughs> like chess. <laughs> I mean, my favorite board game, board game, uh, like my favorite memory of me like playing a board game where I played it and I was like, oh shit, I I like board games was definitely Omega Virus. Yeah, why don't you lay it on everybody who doesn't know about Omega Virus? Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with this. Y'all don't know Omega Virus? I am nope. unfamiliar no. with this. I, Please. How, how old Holy is this game? Shit. All right, this game, oh, Jesus, it was definitely the 90s. Hold on, let me... Uh, let I'm, I'm going to take shit. a guess. I'm going to say it's 92 or 3. So while I'm playing Forbidden Bridge... 92 from Milton Bradley. Oh, Forbidden Bridge, that game was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Omega Virus, basically what it was was there was a space station... This virus, the Omega virus, had infected, and you had to go to different rooms in the space station in order to defeat the virus. And how you did that was, in the beginning, you inputted a personal three-digit code into the computerized 
board game center and you would go into a different room and you'd have to collect all these different things uh you'd collect like uh key cards to get into different uh colored rooms and i think i have uh, played this before like different items to augment your character and then once you go into the room if it says the your personal code because the game spoke to you the omega the omega virus spoke to you was like three minutes until i take over yes Yes. and um and it, it sounded exactly like that and then the computer was like hey Help me! Help me, blue player! Um, it was awesome. And then eventually, like, as the game would progress, because it was timed, it was like a 30-minute game, you could make it harder by having less time, and um, the Omega Virus could be a harder, you know, opponent. Because you were kind of competitively playing, but also cooperatively playing, because you wanted to defeat the Omega Virus, but you also wanted... Y- you to be the one who defeat the Omega virus. And so the virus would close certain sections of the space station to be able to like narrow down the play field as the game got closer to the end. And if you didn't get to the room that had the Omega virus with like all of the things that you needed to defeat the Omega virus, then the Omega virus won. And it's actually, it was pretty hard. It was a relatively hard game. That actually sounds um, really cool. It, it was awesome. It's, and it still holds up. It still holds up. I can tell it you It sounds right now. like a more challenging version of Mall Madness. Yep. <laughs> Good old Mall Madness. That actually reminds me of an old board game I had almost forgotten. It was called Nightmare. And it was in this, rain, this, this vein of games that came with a VHS cassette. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they made a Star Trek one of these. Yeah, where like, Gargoyles the one. Gargoyles one. On, yeah, I played the Gargoyles one, and there was a Star Wars one that I still have, actually. Nightmare, you were basically playing against this gravekeeper dude who's like this old man who like over the course of the game, like over 30 minutes, got older and more skeletal. Mm-hmm. And like you had to like guess people's fears and, and stuff. And it was like <laughs> really weird. It was very it's psychological. Just, it's just creepy pasta hex. Are you making it, this up? This is real. <laughs> this you, is no, a real. Did you all play this game? Like at the end, he crawls out of your TV and he like demands your soul. <laughs> no one else played this game. It was the best ever. Like it came where Slenderman came from. It came in an unmarked box at a, <laughs> at a garage it came, sale. It came, in, it came in an unmarked VHS box. It was completely black, except it didn't have a reflection. It just seemed to absorb light. <laughs> It did have a label on it, but it was scratched out. Yeah. It said, do not play this. <laughs> In fact, that was the name of the game. Do not play this, a.k.a. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we just called it Nightmare for short. Because after that, not, I couldn't we, we sleep had ever again. It sounds like a really messed up version of Guess Who. Like, does the, the Gravekeeper, you know, get on screen? Is your character afraid of rusty needles? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a really weird game. Did it creep you out though? It creeped me out, like the first couple of times. After that, it, like it really lost replayability because, mm. like, obviously you it's, knew what was coming at oh, that yeah. point. Yeah, it's also kind of like the modern narrative games, like time, uh, time stories and and the legacy games, where once you play it, you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that Guess Who is like extremely racist, right? Oh yeah, if you have the black character, then the game's over. Is your character white? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Philip. Yep. <laughs> no, no. See, you got to play Guess Who by not being racist. That's what makes it tricky. It's basically, it, the game should be called Guess Who's Racist, and the answer is you. <laughs> it's like just well, it play- wasn't just... Well, it's actually getting worse. Like, it's it's, it's getting more, more racist because... 
they're lessening the diversity in a way. There's not as many bald people. There used to be a Russian guy that's no longer there. I think we got to play one on the air because it'd be hilarious just to Guess try who? and be like, it's like the <laughs> just try to make it as as PC as possible, but the game would never end. It's just like, <laughs> is he is he is he a smiling guy or is uh, he a meanie face? You know? <laughs> Does he look like he he could is go he for a, a tea meanie right face? now? <laughs> I, I never played Dream Date. Um, I always kind of uh, wanted to. Wait, Mis- wait, wait, wait. You mean Mystery Date? There's Dream Phone, Dream Phone, and then Mystery Date. Oh, um, Mystery oh. Date. I have Are they the, the same game. I no, the, get I, your shit together. No, they're different games. I have the mystery date game. Oh, okay. it, it was given to my wife by my mother. Is this like an old copy? Or is this like oh, one of the reading? Oh, it's old. Shit. Well, that's the only way to play it. Like my copy of Mall Madness <laughs> is from eighty nine, and yeah, yeah. and I, I'll be goddamned if I'm playing a nineties version of that. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing on that game though. Like there is a number of boys that you go on a date on, mm-hmm. and one of them is the nerd, uh-huh. and the nerd is the dummy. Like that's the, the nerd's the dummy. Like that's the one where if you get him, then you 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 lose that round. <laughs> so if the nerd <laughs> likes you, yeah, perfect. You suck. Yeah, that's, that's right. how the game goes. That sucks. That's yeah, fucking no, that's, garbage. My wife, she played that with an, a friend, and they both like, I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like, pure chance on like who'll pop up to go on a date with you. It's like based on that logic, Jillian Anderson is like a failure or something. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> nerds love beautiful women how is this a bad thing yeah i don't know uh that sucks but isn't it like isn't the aren't those games essentially guess who but with a different no medium? no no because like it was a random pop-up who it, would be on the date with but her. you're trying to guess it's, who who likes you or is it just more of like a mystery of like have, i gotta figure out who it is honestly i haven't played it all i okay. i, I just have, have to play the second hand oh it's more like um russian roulette but with more frosted tips yeah <laughs> These days in Russia, I bet there's a lot of frosted But Cap actually brought up an interesting point of only wanting to play the original version of Mall Madness. We, my wife and I, we recently picked up a copy of Life. Uh Because we're like, oh, Oh, yeah. Life has had many, many facelifts. Let's see what game the Life is like nowadays. It's a horrible party game. What? What? A party game? It's a party game. So basically, you start off, you're doing your own thing, and then you get an event card. And that event card is, okay, whoever, if you can get an opponent to smile, you keep this card. It's well, worth no, And no. this is worth $2,000. That's not life. <laughs> this is worth $2,000 at the end of the game. And every event that you do in the game gives you, like, at most 100 So literally, these event cards matter more than like two of these will outweigh all of your in-game decisions. That's not life. That's not. That's not. A, that's not life at all. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no say in what's going on, yeah. and I'm going to lose anyways. Oh, I think that's because you ended up with the nerd, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I should have listened more to the original life in the game because I always remember starting the game. No, I don't want to go to college because I don't want to end up with all that debt. And I didn't listen to that, and I should have listened to my board game back when I was young. And- <laughs> yeah, and you got a shit job in a car full of kids, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. then and then you, you retire to, you, and you die. Yeah, you got to you got to retirement first, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I actually got to, at Gen Con. I got to play a new take on the game of life. Oh yeah, it's by Stronghold Games. It was actually really uh, funded through Kickstarter. It's called Pursuit of Happiness. Ooh. It's a worker placement game where you advance through l- different stages of life. You start off as a teenager. And your workers are basically your time, how much time you have on your hands. Mm. The more stressed you get, the higher the chance you'll lose mm-hmm. time because you're you've lost health. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you like get more life from having a fulfilled life or a healthy life, <laughs> you get more 
time. Can you be like a serial killer and like absorb souls or something? No, no. There's nothing like that. <laughs> nothing fun? Nothing right. like that. I, I feel like if I was playing that game with a group of friends, I would have to play uh, Old Man by Neil Young on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot like you were. You are. <laughs> uh, but it was, I got to play at Gen Con. It was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to picking that up when mm. it's available. We never got around to the shit I played growing up. Yeah. Um, uh, shit you played or the, or the oldest game? Candyland and uh, Shoots and Ladders, not Snakes and Ladders, which is way more badass than Shoots and Ladders. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know Snakes and Ladders existed until I was like in high school. Um, until you got your first tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think Candyland's very important because Candyland's a game that's had a lot of... It, the only point to Candyland is what the board looks like. The board itself is what makes playing the game attractive because otherwise yeah. it's just the shittiest, like most vanilla board game <laughs> of all time. And unless you're shuffling the cards... The le- the winner has literally been predetermined. <laughs> I mean, if you think yeah, about it, just drawn drawn cards. You're just yeah. drawing cards from the top, and the card just tells you where you're going. Mm, so true. Literally, true. the cards have decided who the winner is. Unless you I had a fr- I had a time. friend who stacked the deck who uh, put purples on her turn every time. Really? Like cheating yep. at Candyland is like, all right, let's just play something else. Like <laughs> but- she didn't want to play, and she wanted the game to end as much as possible, like as fast as possible. So like she put the purple and she's like she was like six or something like that. And so she put the purple. Where is she now? Wall Street, probably. You're damn right. (laughs) Damn right. Big short. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the most important thing about Candyland is is what it looks like. So you're you're basically buying it for. So at this point, if you want to play Candyland, you buy for an addition and they've throughout the years changed characters in there oh yeah like the version i have doesn't have like the i was given a version for cal my daughter it doesn't have like the gloopy like molasses swan ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Or anything. Yeah, like look. Or lo- chocolate swamp. Like it changes version to version. Hmm. Yeah, locations and characters. Actually, Triforce Mike once had a. He was working on a premise that uh, I might flesh out at some point where Candyland was a. And all the characters were some kind of representation of uh, Dante's Inferno. Holy shit, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I don't. I can't really remember it enough to reiterate it right now but i thought that was a very fascinating idea um i remember playing a a board game built into the ninja turtle cereal um you like cut it out on the back of you cut out the back of the cereal box and you played with the marshmallows and and quote unquote nets that were the the, like checks in the in the cereal i remember that (laughs) did you play that game yeah (laughs) yeah man that cereal was great (laughs) are you eating it right now you got something in your mouth yeah Delicious food. <laughs> yeah, um, that cereal was awesome. 
Uh, but I, I too was in the uh, the Fireball Island Club. Actually, uh, oh man, Fireball uh, Island. We had it taken cross, away. Fucking Crossfire. I never. I, I wanted to play Crossfire. Never got to play. Crossfire. I had a friend who played who had Crossfire. I got to play. Once, Did he get so. caught up in it? Did you get caught? Oh up yeah, in it? I got. Caught oh up. yeah, I owned it. And I, I could was only so play, caught up. In I could it. only play it the one time. <laughs> I love the advertisement from league. back in the day of of oh, yeah. Crossfire. Like what, it was like a Mad Max Thunderdome sort of thing, yeah, where yeah. like the two kids are dressed in leather and they're like <laughs> shooting the balls across. That, yeah. I still remember the jingle for that. I mean, Dude, like I got up in the crossfire. crossfire. <laughs> Yeah, now that's fire. that's good marketing. Yeah, the game of yeah, a generation. Yeah, <laughs> as the one kid's like swirl, you know, swirling down into the fire. Like, haha, yeah, he's dead. He I got mean, what was coming exactly. to him. The only reason people wanted to play that game was because of the commercial. It's not even the game was that great. It's an amazing commercial. Yeah, like, yeah. And I love that there's this whole wave of like modern marketing, like in independent games yeah. that are like, I'm gonna copy Take that. that. Yeah, I'm telling you now, <laughs> if you put the Crossfire commercial. On air now, you would see a resurgence in kids wanting to play it. It's just like I can't, I couldn't imagine it would not work. Yeah. During the downtime of Camp Fan Gamers uh, video feed this year, they played old commercials, and I was watching it, and I saw a game I'd never seen before. It's not a board game technically; it's in the the rare subset of balance games, like kind of like like Jenga, but things that are way like more topple or whatever, uh, like a dexterity game. More in I Rock guess you'd, jocks. you'd call it a dexterity <laughs> game, probably. Yeah, it's called Arc Rival, and it's the this insanely 90s commercial of a bunch of very well stylized yuppies playing this game where you have an, an arc that's been built of plastic objects and you have to put these like neon plexiglass squiggles into these little buckets in the arc and it'll like the arc will fall apart and I I really want to pick up a copy because it looks just looks amazing <laughs> I, I kind of want to just put it on a coffee table and leave it but <laughs> call it art uh, yeah I'll glue it together I'll just glue it it'll never, we'll never play it but no <laughs> no, I do want to play it. But um, I, I, I got to give a shout out to Forbidden Bridge because Colin clearly is a fan. This one, you, you ever play Forbidden Bridge? No, I've never even heard of it. What? I'm interested, dude. Forbidden Bridge, it, it's the like world of board games is. It's like it's Fireball, huge. Fireball, it's a theme of like Fireball Island. You're an adventurer and you're going to think, but you go through the jungle and you go up to this bridge and it's an actual bridge, like a plastic one that sits like a rope bridge that sits yeah. across the table. And it leads up to this temple, and there's a red jewel in the temple, and each little green or blue what is it guy. What's the games on red jewels? I don't know. Well, the red, well, they guess they're easy to make, I guess. And you put the jewel in the person's backpack. And oh, then, that's so like, cool. So you have to go up across the bridge, and you have to put the jewel in your backpack, and you have to go back across the bridge and go down. Once you get past the bridge, then you go down the mountainside to the boat, and then you're then you're then you're gone. But the trick is that either you spin the dial or you roll the dice or whatever, and you get the. It's like he's like Olmec, like it's just a big toad, like big statue he guy. Is, it, it is Olmec. Yeah. Well, it is okay. It is Olmec. You then have to push his head down and as his head comes back up like on a spring the bridge rocks from side to side like massive so you have to you can get stuck on the bridge but your characters are like mid stride so they have their arms out and their legs out and you could actually like you, you don't want your character to fall off the bridge because then you got to you know do the whole thing all over again but there'd be the greatest tension in the world where it'd be like oh no like five people are on the bridge they each have a jewel some of them do some of them don't someone hits Olmec on the head and all of a sudden the entire thing starts for like you know like five seconds it just goes bzzz, and it just shakes all over and your character would then like fall to the side and then like be hanging on by an outstretched arm and shit and that no was it was awesome. it was always it was so awesome, awesome. I that think i remember the commercials for this but i never played it oh it was great i would play i would play it to this day not a lot of skill involved but just it just nail-biting tension <laughs> the likes awesome. of which no the, other game i'm looking at pictures now the board does look a bit crazy the box art is great yes it looks like drew struz in indiana jones but yeah. if he did an action sequence completely <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yep. That and um, I so I always played that one, and my sister got Dream Phone, 
and she wanted to play that all the time. But then I got sucked into Dream Phone because I just liked winning. And just like I, to me, the idea, <laughs> the idea of like finding out what guy liked me. He'd be like, you're right. I really like you. And be like, later, nerd. Hang up. And then just like, it's like, yeah, show that guy. You know, it's like completely <laughs> getting caught up in my own story of uh, of why why these guys, why I'm calling guys to figure out. It was mostly just to beat my sister, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple games I've acquired recently that I that I haven't had a chance to play. I was I was given the Twin Peaks murder mystery game. Oh my! I, I cannot wait to play it. Is it spoilers for the show? I don't think so. Maybe you find out, you know, who among the table is the killer. I'm not hmm. sure. It is a board game. Hmm. And there's, a, I, I got really fascinated by um, weird licensed board games from, like, from an, a bygone era. For example, there's a Miami Vice board game, which I have played. I don't know if I was playing it correctly, but myself and the editor-in-chief of Consequence of Sound spent an afternoon playing it one day. And it's very weird. You have an act. You spread out an actual board game map, but an actual map of Miami Dade County, and and drive your cars what? all over it. <laughs> Do you play Phil Hunting Collins? While you're like... Oh, well, that's that's what we were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's awesome. And and there's two separate Willow board games. Oh, really? Which we've well, we've discussed this on Willow Watch before. I don't I remember them being two separate ones. Yeah, there's Willow the Game of Heroes, Villains, and Magic by Parker Brothers, which mm-hmm. I assume is the all-ages game, and then there's the Willow Game, made by Tor Books, oh, of all people. Right. yeah. Both very expensive at this point. Like, eh, there's a reason I haven't picked them up yet. Cost quite a few bones to pick those up. Yeah. <laughs> God. So one of my most favorite recent games is actually uh, Tokaido. It's a very fun game where you're playing this very. Re- the theme is this: you're on this relaxing pilgrimage from of the road of Takedo from Edo to Tokyo, from the political capital of Japan to the spiritual capital of Japan. Along the road, you're you're a pilgrim, and you're making stops to either uh, work on a farm to get some money, or go to a shop, or give some money to to a temple, or stop and make a painting, or whatever. It's very relaxing, hmm. but mechanically, it is cutthroat. Like, you are just trying to cut in front of people like, no, I'm going to paint that very scenic village, not you. Like, no, I'm going to go to the monkey spa. You can't go. Super competitive about something so serene and, and peaceful. And I love that dichotomy, like, where it's just so, so it, feel, it feels incongruous, but it's perfect. That's like, it's, funny. And, I, the, I, and the art is so gorgeous. Every time I wander through a board game store, I'm always just absolutely baffled by the the reoccurring trope of historically themed games and usually historical economic games and it's just it's so pervasive i mean you can tell the sort of people who make these games and also who buy these games the, the a certain major percentage of the modern adult board game aficionado is really invested in in large part the theming of the nuance of history economic history yeah. and obscure history <laughs> Yeah, like Dutch sailors, the market game. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if that's not a real thing, it's yeah. only like a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trademark that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a game about sailing. No, no, no. This is a game about after you're done sailing, you come back to the market, you got to sell the fish. <gasps> what the fuck? Oh, oh God, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, I, <laughs> sailors, no adventure. Oh, never it, me, it, sir. If it did come with little plastic fish tokens, I might be interested. But I had the feeling <laughs> it won't. No, it's meeples. Oh and no, just no, like they're, little they're, round they're tokens. wooden cubes. Yeah, and you just. Pretend that they're <laughs> one cube is ten units of fish. <laughs> you, you have to get have as chart. many cubes as possible. I'll have yeah. to make a chart. You, you can then upgrade chart, it from, blue, make from blue cube to red cube. Red cube is when you have a hundred. <laughs> yeah, but what if you like 
you know, fish out the cubes like with a little fishing rod, like from that goldfish game. You know, it's spun with, around with, with magnets. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, no, yeah. Colin, you've gone and ruined the game. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, the board game people they don't take too kindly to that kind of that it's, kind of shenanigans, Colin. It's no fun. fun. It's gone from nuanced Euro economic game to dexterity game. Gosh, Colin, don't you? Did what you do you guys, think you're doing? That, that reminds me. Did you guys have the what I considered the grown up version of that game was Shark Attack? You guys ever play Shark Attack? <laughs> no. Uh, I recall Shark Attack, but I did. Colin, do you want to do you want to comment on the? Uh, oh the yeah, sh- man. <laughs> so Cap got me um, Jaws, the board game. Oh boy. Um, it's and not a it, board game exactly. Well, not the board game, but Jaws the game. Like the game that is the the shark itself with all sorts of like uh, there's like tires and and all sorts of little plastic uh, Is it is it knick-knacks like operation? It is. Basically, and so there's like a there's a rubber band inside the mouth that is hold that wants to close it. And there's all this crap so just inside the mouth. Which you mean, and it, you're it just, is a plastic shark. It is literally uh-huh. a plastic shark. Uh-huh. And you're fishing out all of these like debris from his mouth and <laughs> to try and collect like a shoe and all this kind of crap without having his mouth close. Nice. Like that's that and that and that is Jaws. And it has like the Jaws licensed like poster on the box. And that that's the Jaws board game or see, Jaws see, game. Shark yeah. Attack sounds like the real Jaws game because Shark Attack <laughs> Is it's I'm, a round? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. round board, and it's a motorized shark that comes up and chomp, 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 kind of like hungry hippos, except it's motorized and it goes in a circle. Oh my god! And you play fish, and you have to like roll, and then it tells you how many spaces you move ahead, yeah. and then the next person rolls, and they have to move ahead. So it's like roll. It's like <laughs> it's like every two seconds you're rolling the dice to try and get your fish up ahead, and whoever gets left behind, finally the shark just catches Aww. up and just yeah, it takes yeah, you. Never awesome. never played it, but I do remember it. That sounds legitimately horrifying. Yeah, like well, so so stressful beyond reason. They they make it look all cutesy, but you could totally make that a Jaws game and just replace the little plastic fish with little plastic people. And holy shit, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it is entirely different. That's a, it's it's, a it's Roy Scheider's on like if we if we get a, if any listeners own this game and they want to send it to us, we should play it, but just replace those plastic fish with little Lego people, and then uh-huh. it's to scale. <laughs> and then it's then you're you're good to go. Yeah, wanna, yeah, you're right. I want to vacuum mold like a swimmer, like in mid. Yeah, yeah, the perfect. Yeah, yeah, the actual movie poster one. Yeah, oh, Chrissy. God. That's, I'll play as Chrissy. Yay! <laughs> it's like I'll play as Ben Gardner. You know, it's like, <laughs> Dibs on the boy and the floaty. <laughs> oh my god, Alex. Yeah, yeah, Alex Kittner. I want to play his grandmother. It's like, ooh, I'll be the dog. Flip it. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Pippet? It was Pippet. Yeah, sorry. It's in my Jaws trivia. Who? Anyway. Flip it is a different game. Yeah, probably. it's a different one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get mad. You flip the table. It's like, hey, he just flipped it. Now, there's we could keep we could keep going about board games. We could talk about weird train economic yeah. game Colin had me play that was shockingly good. What was that called? Take it to ride. That's the one. That's a really that's one of the classics. That's yeah. one of the modern classics. Modern classic, yeah. yeah that's that a, yeah. and Settlers and Five Tribes and I got so many epic stories. Pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic, Pandemic's definitely great. Pandemic. Yeah. But we're at time. Yeah, damn. We got to wrap it up, but we're not done yet because Uh-oh. because Hex is here. Oh, and to celebrate, I'm opening got, a beer. Yeah, he's got something on. That yeah. was <laughs> explain that was... explain why you got the beer, and it's not so... because of my bad jokes. <laughs> Screech Dragon Studios, as we mentioned before, uh, is working on a new product, which is out on Kickstarter, and it's called Loaded Dice. And basically, it's a pint glass with the numbers 1 through 20 running down the back, simulating a D20 in the form of a pint glass. So you're trying to produce a full set of not just pint glasses, but different size glasses to recreate an entire, uh, what would be... 
What we call the full gamut of gaming goblets. Ah, uh, yes. I see. Of course. <laughs> so you're talking, uh, you're talking D20, D6, D4. D12, D10, D8. So a D4 is a shot glass. Is it in like an inverted pyramid? No, it's oh. still just a normal shot glass. <laughs> okay. Just like this is a normal pint glass. Mm-hmm. A D6 is a double shot glass. A D8 is a beer sampler glass. A D10 is a tumbler. A D12 is an old-fashioned glass. And the D20 is what we call the 20-sided pint. Hmm. And what is the point? (laughs) (laughs) Glad you asked, Colin. (laughs) To get you drunk! Basically, you simulate a roll by chugging. And wherever, like, you fill it up, and then you take a chug. Wherever the level is done by your chug, that is your roll. So it's not a game, but it's a gaming accessory. Replace all your dice with things that can contain alcoholic liquid. Right. Except can we use these in D and D cap? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's legal. Um, <laughs> yeah, would, there is would rule be okay with that? Would we'd be drunk? I mean, Barty would be drunk real quick. Well, it would. I mean, yes, except that he would, he would roll like two twenties, maybe three, and then the rest would be ones. Hey, <laughs> hey, if you if you want to play that game, you're gonna be the only one doing it, and have fun with that. Bucko. I don't know. Lefty might be See, down. No. <laughs> To prevent people from killing themselves. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. At the time of this recording, there's also out there a PSA that I've recorded of me playing the game by myself. Foolishly. Wait, the game. What game? uh, I I found a solo D&D campaign. Oh, no. no. (laughs) And uh, I died 20 minutes in. (laughs) I drank five and a half beers in that time. Uh I did not uh, get equipment. I did not actually make a character. So I was basically doing, it's a DC of 12. I was doing a straight DC 12. Okay. I wasn't like, if it's perception, I didn't have any wisdom to base it off of or class or anything like that. It was just straight DC 12 and everything was a DC 12 <laughs> and that killed me. Mm-hmm. Basically, our, our slogan for this is roll responsibly. Mm-hmm. Which seems hard to do, but that's probably the fun well, of it. I guess. Now, you could, <laughs> couldn't you? Could you not also just say, "Hey, just so people don't literally get so drunk they're falling down in in twenty minutes"? Could you also not just say that it's the modifier for your role? You could. I mean, it's it's really however you want to play. We don't have any formal rules. It's just really at this point novelty glass. Because I I'd, I'd feel much safer if it was like, "Hey, uh, you know, you know." Take it easy on the booze. Just you know, have you know, enjoy yourself. But if you get it down to five, I'll add five to your roll, as opposed to <laughs> it's only five. That's your whole roll. Well, I mean, five is pretty. Yeah, five's the, at the top. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Five's, it goes just go one down. at the top, twenty at the bottom. Nice. Okay, makes sense. You can go right now, as of this episode's release, yes. to Kickstarter and put down your hard-earned clams. Yep. On these, what does it take to get a full set? To get a full set, which is all six classes, is only fifty dollars. Okay, that seems reasonable. That's a lot of glass. How many pieces of glassware? Six glassware, including okay. uh, shot glass, double shot glass, mm. uh, beer sampler, the tumbler, the old-fashioned, and a pint glass. And there's probably a tier where you can just get a pint then. Yep. All right. Only 12 bucks. Okay, well, geez, that's that's accessible. Yeah. <laughs> now, this seems like something that could very easily take off. Do you have anything in the way of stretch goals, or are you just like just making the product? We're planning on stretch goals, but it's one of those things that's like, yeah, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then... No real reason to like put out there like, oh, here's our amazing plans. Like right now it has a fantasy design to it. 
Uh-huh. We'd also like to have the option to do like potential ah. leather designs, like a Buck Rogers style sci-fi or a cyberpunk style or a Lovecraftian horror. Like a like, D100 champagne flute? <laughs> I mean, a D100 would be closer to a dust boot. Yeah, okay. No, that, that's, yeah, that's the one. A D100 boot. <laughs> Uh, I'd ask if you wanted me to demonstrate it, but it's basically me just chugging a beer, which isn't really that good radio. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's true. So I guess we should point out, like, if, if, you, if, if, you, you, put, if, if you put it right under your Adam's apple, she's like, oh, 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 oh. I'm not going to know. If, if you oh, haven't oh, guessed, man. in order to roll a d20, you have to kill a pint. Yeah. And okay. Well, that's if you want to land a 20. If you want to land a 20. Yeah. What I'm hoping to do is, once we have the product, to get a couple of, like, d6 double shots and then roll play classic games like Clue or Monopoly. With the double shot glasses, so it's like, all right, and a roll for you, roll for that. You, oh, and you also get a d6 plus that. So let me just do an Irish car bomb while I'm out of here. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, what do you know? Uh, crit, you know, crit the whole thing. Like, I gotta sit down. The, the one that well, I, I mean, really... once you critical, you 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 roll again, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So that that's also the danger in it. <laughs> it makes it kind of expensive to play a game. <laughs> I also had the joke of getting, because I can't play, because I, I can't stand Fireball Whiskey, but basically Fireball Island with Fireball Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <you're> getting dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> the stakes were already really high. <laughs> the island gods will be pleased with this decision, though. They're very... Um... Volcar, I, I actually Googled it. <laughs> you no, know, that's what you're going to have to do. For stretch goals, you're going to have to do like a book that says, if you're playing this board game, drink this with it. <laughs> oh, pairings. Yeah, pairings. Yeah, oh, pairings. my gosh. <laughs> I would be a thousand percent down with now, that. Now, that seems like an easy stretch goal. That does. So, sure, why not? You're welcome. <laughs> cool. I'll take it. Doug, well, um, you going to play this with uh, Ghostbusters Resurrection? I mean, oh, you're rolling no. D6s, right? <laughs> not unless it's just Ecto Cooler, because yeah. otherwise, I, you know, no, there's no way. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust these guys with it because they'll just start knocking it back. They'll get yeah, drunk I don't know and how it, not, they'll stop carrying halfway through. Uh, the ghost dice on on Ghostbusters. It's a D6. It's yeah. a solid D6. Is yeah. a one a ghost? No, or? the six. The six is a ghost. So they oh, wouldn't want to so be. Yeah, they wouldn't want to be drinking all the way. So maybe <laughs> they wouldn't do it as much. That's the thing. They'll have to a little shot glasses, like just. Well, it's, it it's the double shot, so yeah, it's yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, and also, the, the Ghostbusters role-playing game is a dice pool game, so good luck with that. <laughs> 12 shit, like, okay, uh, I want to spend a brownie point, let me add another shot glass on the table here and knock that back. <laughs> oh, no. That's amazing. Now, Hex, you've got... This is your first thing you're actually putting out in the public as Screech Dragon. Correct. Which was surprising to me because I know what you've been working on for, <laughs> for years now um, that yeah, isn't this. it's two years now, I guess. Dang. But yeah, uh, Time Trotters is a card game that I'm working on for two years now. It is currently in the hands of a publisher. And so... So I that's a done deal. You don't need crowdfunding for that. That's yep, happening. that's done. Well, that congratulations. Is, thank you. We're looking at a 2017 release for that. Uh, I have a few other games that are finished or uh, steadily in the progress of being developed. And so those are kind of like hit or miss on what, what's going to happen to those. I don't really think I'd want to crowdfund a board game, though. It's such a crowded market. Mm, I, yeah. I, like, I think it's okay for something like novelty glassware. Like That's not really something that there's a whole lot of out there. It's there, but it's not as prevalent as... Board games, video games. Oh, my games. gosh. Yeah. Even people in the board game geek community... like. Com com Community? You sure you're not drunk after I, that? What is your role? What are you at right I'll now? Tell you. What are you at? What number are you at? Oh God! It's uh fifteen. No, thirteen. But yeah, so Board Game Geek is the premier board game community in the tabletop world. And they don't even like board games on Kickstarter anymore. Hmm. Like at that point they're like, no, I'll just wait till it it's I can pre-order it. Yeah. 
because then you know if it's actually gets made right that's the thing like people people don't like backing a loser when people see that something is has already funded they're like oh yeah i'll throw a few bucks on that and i'll get it now but people are just burned from games not being delivered not being finished all this jazz so i guess does this mean are, are we in a golden age for board games that's what all the uh, the clickbait art click my God clickbait articles are telling me. <laughs> I think that was a fifteen, not a thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it. It's definitely yeah. uh, a revolution, mm-hmm. um, and it's partially because of what Kickstarter has done. It's, it's allowed for independent publishers to kind of blossom and break away, so that now uh, Hasbro doesn't have to choke hold on anything. Like yeah. the the traditional gatekeepers for board games are kind of obsolete compared to what it was before. I guess when it comes to indie games making a name for themselves in the crowdfunding market, it can be pretty challenging these days. But if you've got a license backing you, it's a different story. Like the Ghostbusters board game over its two iterations has been really successful. Just resplendent. Ludicrously detailed figurines. All dis- that, ha- that has to be one of the most successful board game Kickstarters like ever. It's up there. It's it's not really breaking any records, though. I mean, like, the only ones I can think of that are above it are, like, card for, games. For board games. Oh, yeah. board game board games. Uh, miniatures beat them. Granted, right. yeah, the, the miniatures market is, yeah, no, yeah, is that's pretty true. extensive, yeah. which, which the Ghostbusters board game is a part of. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, but, man, gorgeous gorgeous miniatures on the Ghostbusters board Definitely. game. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, very excited for the uh, Ghostbusters Firehouse Dice Tower coming with the... Uh, the second yeah. iteration of the game. Which we jumped on that. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, Doug, uh, we did jump on that. And you're going to be rolling with those dice towers as soon as they're distributed. Oh, okay. Marvelous. Great. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not going to help anyone listening, but I'll, uh, I'm sure it should be know. fun for us. But they'll know. They'll know that on Ghostbusters Resurrection, you are rolling in style. Can't be more official than that. No. <laughs> you've got you've got our handcrafted Ghostbusters equipment cards <laughs> made by artisans. Are, are, those, are those cards really handcrafted? No. But then why'd you say it? Because it's a bullshit qualifier that people use in marketing. The laser etch <laughs> though is not bullshit. No, that it, the, our our dice are laser etch. This is just, this is by the way this is a, a not so subtle nod that you should if you want to do some Ghostbusters role playing you should definitely go to gbrpg.com and learn all about Ghostbusters Resurrection and the classic Ghostbusters role-playing game, which we have the tools to help you play. And if you decide to play while drinking out of the, the shot glass, uh, what would you? Is, is there a name for it? Is there a name for the shot? Is you it's, have, a, it's not really. Oh, just it's a decent. We just, have the it's your, the your six-sided D6? double shot. Which you, is weird is it, to say. Should it, like if because it, it's a glass, should it be like a G six, like a glass glass, oh, six-sided glass, whatever, whatever you end up, whatever it is. You, if you decide to play with that, please record that because I definitely want to hear that. Yeah. So we're going to call it there. That's the show, guys. Thank you so much, so very, very, very much to Jacob Neese and Direwolf for requesting this topic. And uh, thanks to Hex for guest hosting on this one. It's been a pleasure. Hi. If you want to check out Loaded Dice, we'll have links on this episode's page to where you can do that. If you want to check out Screech Dragon Games, we'll also have links. But ScreechDragonStudios.com. There you go. Oh, God, you're never gonna let go of that joke. Never. Is it a joke? Even it's more like a reference to something that is now just. <laughs> it's a it's a cultural memory that very few have now. If you want to see Doug, he's on Nerdy Show. Colin, if you want to hear me, he's on Nerdy really. Show too. Jonathan, he's on Wicked Anime. Woo! And uh, taking us out, we got a track by uh, Debs and Errol. This is Ooh. How to Play Catan. It's a non-album track of theirs. It's been around for several years now. I don't know what they're doing with it, but it's but it's been a, it's made the rounds on the internet. So we're gonna play it. It's one of many awesome tracks that you'll hear on Nerdy.fm 
our nerd music radio station. I'll explain here's 19 hexes of terrain They make a resource you want to gain 10 victory points to win the game There are five terrain types But the desert gives nothing Forest, lumber, past chiefs Who wants mutton? Hills, brick fields, grain Mud, the north, all complex Place settlements on a hex vertex The productive terrains are labeled from 12 to 2 You won't find 7 but you'll find out later what to do And when the hex numbers roll to a resource you will get But only if you've built on it a settlement Look at all my sheep and on your turn, first roll the die. And every player who can harvest, harvest. You may build and you may buy. Only one card you may play and you should trade, 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 trade. Got a card, shows a cost of what you can build World settlement and upgrade if you fulfill Development card, you can buy three type point cards Progress cards, cards that are nice Roads go on hex edges, but settlements are a tricky place Two roads away from other settlements and cities Only build off your roads and you should expand Else your opponents will pick up the land Discard down to half odd numbers, round down, return card to their decks. Then you move the robber to another hex. You get a random seal, a resource from another with a settlement or city that is sitting by the robber. Keep the card stays down, but how many is known? No harvest this turn, it continues as well shown. listening to nerdy show if you like what you heard please rate and review us on itunes or like and follow us on soundcloud as listener supported entertainment we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the nerdy show network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via patreon any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes episodes and images from across the network and there's even more perks available just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships you can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, 
articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we got it covered. And so I was like, okay, this is a one at a chance lifetime. <laughs> what are you at Good. now? What, what world you roll now? What a lifetime chance. This is it 18, um, 19 now? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.